Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We are a book club for games. But not today. Today, we're going to talk about reviews. Like, in general, reviews. We're not reviewing anything. Well, we're, we're reviewing reviews. Concise. Best grossing games of 2019. And we're looking ahead to 2020 releases. There are so many things to do, so many people to meet, and so many places to explore. It's delivered excellent gunplay to pair with an intense and effective campaign. And being a jerk of a goose is just a ton of fun. Just so damn satisfying. Hello everyone, I'm Dan Stapleton. This is Tina Amini, my boss. Uh, I am the executive editor of reviews here at IGN, and I want to tell you about a change we're making for the new decade of uh, game, movie, TV, and comic reviews at IGN. Uh, basically, this is this is a change I've been pushing for for quite a few, a few years. years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we are dropping uh, the decimal from our reviews and just going to a flat ten-point scale. Um, so reviews, we're going to talk about re- review scales, review scores. So this was prompted by IGN changing from a hundred-point scale. To a 10-point scale. So what's your immediate reaction? My immediate reaction was actually, but think about Metacritic, which is funny because you're the one who cares about Metacritic. Elaborate, please. So you have a personal rule that I may get the specifics of wrong and you may have to correct me, but... If a game gets 95 on Metacritic, you will play it and finish it. And if a game gets less than 80, is it 80 on Metacritic? Yeah. You won't play it. Yeah. And generally, in fact, you try to only play things that get 90 plus on Metacritic anyway. Yes. Because you're trying to control your backlog. Or, you're, you know, you're a sensible grown-up now. Your father Ting now, so you know you can only play. You don't. You don't have much time for childish things. No. And so, think about it. How can something get over ninety-five on Metacritic? Well, if people are using a ten-point scale, the only way it can get ninety-five plus on Metacritic is if a lot of people are rating it ten out of ten or five out of five. You know, if you're if you're using a hundred point scale, then ninety five to a hundred can get it over that line. But if lots of people are rating it four out of five or nine out of ten, that's going to drag it back down. Particularly the four out of fives, they're going to they're going to drag it down a lot. And so, ninety fives on Metacritic are going to become much less common. And, but, so. I just think it just means you're going to play nothing. <laughs> you're not, you, it just means you're off the hook. You don't have to complete anything anymore. That's well, a good thing. But that's, but that's a ting problem. That's not a general industry problem. I don't know. Do people pay bonuses based on Metacritic anymore? I know there was a period when, you know, if a game got 85 plus on Metacritic or something, they'd get a big bonus. And if they didn't, if they got, if they got less than that, then they just got nothing. And again, you know, Rating scale changes could have a disproportionate impact on situations like that. I don't know if anybody does that anymore. Right, because like, maybe people have decided that's a bad idea. But it certainly was a problem in, probably in the 2010s. So are you for or against? Okay, okay. And then looking at it from the other side, what does it mean for a game to get 96 versus 95? Or... 82 versus 81 you could argue that it's completely meaningless and that's probably true as well you know i think i was saying to you earlier do you even need a 10 point scale do you even need a five point scale you can just have like a three point scale like you should definitely play it 
it's not bad. Don't play it. That that would work. And I feel like most games fall into the middle category of, yeah, it's pretty good, you should play it. But equally, you could just not play it. And there's a few games that are, you should definitely play it. This game is excellent, or this game is important, or this game is whatever. And then you kind of need to calibrate your scale anyway. Every different reviewer is going to be different. Every different outlet is going to be different as a whole. They're going to have their own style anyway. I do like that IGN went and gave examples of what they consider a 10, a 9, an 8, a 7, a blah, 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 all the way down to 1. Though I do also think the the lower end of the scale, what, what's the point? What's the point of 1 to 4? If you give anything a 1 to 4, you're basically saying, don't play it, it's trash. Yes, but you can complete... But at least you're, like, uh, you're able to compare the trashiness of two trashy games. But it's just like the difference between saying, this is a big steaming dog turd, or this is a big steaming, I don't know, fox turd? What's another <laughs> urban animal? You don't want to step in either. True. But you'd rather step in one than the other. Well, I suppose maybe one smaller than the other. Well, it's like the difference, it's like the difference between a Labrador turd and a Dachshund turd. I guess, you know, one's bigger. Okay, yes. So you've gone through for a three-point scale? Well, I, I, I think... I think if you were trying to pair things back as far as possible i think a three-point scale is probably as far as you could reasonably go and i I suppose most places use like a five point five star scale i know few people will agree with me but i wish for something more granular please explain so i'm difficult so i said 20 point scale because for the 10 point scale you're not allowed 9.5 or 8.5. So it's either, was it, great or masterpiece? Is that right? Did I, did I remember the scale correctly? IGN scale, yeah, I think so. What about, this could have been a masterpiece, but it's still painfully, you know, it's painfully close, but it's not there. What for you is a 10? Or green of time. What for you is a 9.5? Ah, oh, you bastard. I don't know. An Uncharted game. And what's a nine? Oh, this is, why are you doing this to me? I, I'm just trying to get some scientific rigor. No, there's no scientific rigor here. If you ask me tomorrow, it'll be different answers. And they'll be scored differently. It's all subjective. It's all time and place as well. Like, what gets a hundred... What would get what would get a ten out of ten now if you reviewed it next year might not get a ten out of ten. You know, like so I the scores are all just a snapshot in time, and then you get these funny artifacting effects from trying to mix different review outlets together, like Metacritic does. And it's always gonna be imperfect. The world's imperfect, so be it. I do think it's funny though as well. If you if you have a hundred point scale, like you rate it as a percentage, I do think the human mind interprets that differently to if you have like a a ten point scale with a decimal point. You know, if you see something that's ninety nine percent versus something that's nine point nine, I think your brain thinks of that differently. I think you'll be more willing to award something ten out of ten than you'd be willing to award it a hundred percent. Because like a hundred percent has some connotation of it being perfect, you know. Like, is it really perfect? Can I not conceive of any better game? Mm, yeah, something could be better, so I'll give it ninety nine percent, right, or ninety eight percent. Whereas if it's like, oh, it's a ten out of ten, you know, it's not perfect, but nothing's perfect. It's a ten out of ten. So like, you you get funny effects like that too. I pose an interesting question about: Will reviews be with us? By the end of the decade. Yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Carry on. No, but what I was really saying is that because reviews are here, we need them to continue. But if there were never reviews in the first place, I wouldn't. I wouldn't need them. I wouldn't. It's a problem of having half my catalogue is being reviewed and the other half hasn't been. Do you know what I mean? 
No, I don't understand what you mean at all. You know, I've got all these games now up to today with review scores on them. I couldn't imagine a future where every game I buy in the future doesn't have a, re- a review score tied to it. But if I never had a review score at all in the first place for any game, I would actually be happier for that. I'm just making slightly confused faces. Okay, let's go back to like, square one. Do you think we need review scores? I do think a review score is a useful thing. I think slapping a number on something to give some immediate sense of is it good or not is useful. Interesting. Interesting. Because if you really want to know, you need to read a more nuanced description. You've got to read the review. You've got to watch some gameplay. You've got to find out more about it. But if they say one star, then you know you don't have to bother. Fine. And that's why I'm pushing my patented three-point review scale. (laughs) Trash. Yeah. Definitely play it. Sorry, just just to be clear, the middle middle score is... Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You have to read the description for that one. I'm pretty sure Eurogame already has this. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> Is it called... Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, then it's not the same. Fine. Re- does Eurogame really do this? What does Metacritic do about that? It, it, it leaves it as unscored. It just doesn't track it. In, in the future, everyone will use this scale. And then Metacritic will write an AI to read the detailed reviews for everything that scores... Eh. and assign a score out of 65,536 which is of course 2 to the power I can't remember what it was 2 to the power of or we could write an AI that actually read the bloody thing and just do sentiment analysis (laughs) but the sentiment analysis is going to come out I think it's eh. We should probably move on. (laughs) We shall. So Steam, over the holidays, put out its top sellers of 2019. And I was surprised by some of these in the platinum category, in the top 12. So I think it's worth talking about. Well, why do you talk about them? <laughs> so there, there are a few obvious ones here, I thought, like CSGO. Wait, wait, wait. So why is that obvious? Why is that obviously a platinum earning title? Because it's one of the most played games on Steam. Is CSGO free to play these days? Yes, it is. So is top selling even the right moniker here? It should be top earning, shouldn't it? It's best grossing. That's how we named the section, yes. Best grossing. Okay, it's the grossest game of 2019. Fine. So it's all microtransactions. Yes. So Dota 2 is obviously here as well. GTA 5. GTA 5's earning it both ways. Yes. But probably mostly from the microtransactions. PUBG is, is also not a surprise to be here. Yeah, PUBG's still got a following. I'm still playing PUBG. Are you still buying from PUBG? No. Did you buy in 2019? I don't think so. I learned my lesson. But there are surprises for me. Elder Scrolls Online. It's it's funny, actually, that I have had zero interest in Elder Scrolls Online. I don't know why. It just, like, passed me by. But 
it's not it's not you say like it's past tense it's here now yeah and they're still releasing expansion packs for it like there must be loads of content for it i know nothing about it at all i know literally nothing about it i would have told you that elder scrolls online had flopped and yet here it is printing money what do i know right yeah, yeah. What do you know? Yeah, it's like it's not like you've got a games podcast or anything. I'm personally surprised by Civ Six. Civ Six, single player. Well, I guess you can play it multiplayer, but generally single player. And it didn't even come out in 2019, did it? it came out years ago. So it must be people buying it on sale or big DLC or something. I'm surprised. Civ 6. Is there a lot of DLC for Civ 6? I have no idea. I've never played it. I'm actually not sure if I own it or not. I'm pretty sure you own it. Such is the state of my Steam backlog. I genuinely, if you, if you, I genuinely don't know if I own it or not. I may have bought it in a sale at some point. I, I actually really have a problem. Can we quickly check if there's a lot of DLC for Civ 6? I mean, there definitely is DLC for it. I just don't know how much. I think there was a big DLC expansion this year, but if there, oh, last year, sorry. If there are over 10 pieces of DLC, then it's called a lot of DLC. Oh, I don't think... Well, what counts as... When you say, uh, how big a piece of DLC does it have to be? Any size. Like, if I have to pay £2.50 for a faction, that can happen. Yeah, I mean, I think there's loads of tiny DLC like that for it. No, and then a few big expansions. That's how it's making its money. Really? Who who the hell's who the hell cares enough about a faction to buy it? It depends how it's presented. Yeah, I mean there's there's two big expansions, one of which was February twenty nineteen, and then a load of little DLC, but I don't know. I'm surprised it's that popular that it makes it into the platinum list. When you think about all the other games that could be on that list. Sekiro makes it as well. As a single player game. Surprising. I guess so, because other big ones like Resident Evil 2, next tier down. Yes. I would have said Resident Evil 2 is much more approachable than Sekiro. Yeah. But I guess everyone wants to be a ninja. Is he a ninja? Am I being derogatory? Is he a samurai? I think he's a ninja. <laughs> I thought he was a samurai. Mm. I, haven't, I haven't played it yet. Although I did nor buy it. Nor, nor <laughs> Although I did buy it. I do own it now. Yeah, I may have also had a complete self-control failure during the winter sale. Two more that surprised me. Destiny 2. Oh, yeah. But that, that, that only moved over to Steam halfway through the year is that right yeah that's true that is kind of shocking when you put it like that is it all that eververse money because it's free to play now i mean i am still subscribed to the destiny subreddit despite the fact that i have not played any destiny for a long long time now and all anyone does it seems is complain about eververse and the fact that you have to pay money to look good now but you had to pay for shadow keep right oh yeah okay you did have to there was a major dlc you did have to pay for that fine fine you've just stomped all over my (laughs) you and your logic i'm still surprised yeah and finally warframe for me Mm, warframe again is all microtransactions have you bought anything no, I've 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 played Warframe for like an hour or something just to try it out. Fine. I mean, it does seem pretty good, or at least it seems no worse than <laughs> any of the other games of its type. But I think Warframe is for people who have a lot of time on their hands. You know, who just they've got their one game they want to play, and it's Warframe. And it, it, I think it does have like a limitless well of content. If that's what you like. But I definitely don't want to do that. And are you saying that you can earn enough reward without spending money? Is that what you're saying? What are you saying? 
I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. No, I think I'm saying, yeah, if you've got a lot of time, you can play it for free and it's still fun and satisfying. And if you're really serious about it, you can put money into it and, I don't know, become amazing faster. But I think it never ends. I think, you know, the loot treadmill never ends. There's always something better or you can always get out a new Warframe or you can always... I don't know, look shinier. My last comment from the Steam list. So going down a few tiers, you know, platinum, gold, silver, bronze. Cyberpunk 2077 is there in the bronze tier. It's not even out yet. Enough people have bought Cyberpunk 2077 on Steam for it to be in the best earning games on Steam. It's not even out yet. Madness. It's going to be good. I think it'd be really funny if CD Projekt Red have done a global game jam and just made an amazing trailer. (laughs) There's no game there. I'm sure they haven't done that, but that'd be hilarious. Sorry, no refunds. There are refunds, really. That's why they can't have done that. But I have more lists. I have more lists for you, Sir Mike. You went and did some real research. Well, no, you went and downloaded some real research from some real people who did real research. And what are you saying? I'm impressed. Well done. So what did I get you? Super Data Researchers 2019 Year in Review. Which has a top 10 of premium titles and also free-to-play titles. So we're just going to talk about these two top 10 lists of premium titles and free to play yeah so a high level observation the lowest earning you know in the top 10 free to play games last shelter survival made 1.1 billion dollars and that is more than the best earning premium game which is fifa 19 which only made $786 million. But don't you think that's crazy? This random Last Shelter Survival made $1.1 billion? That was the whole point of this this section, was to point out how ridiculous free-to-play titles are. This is disgusting. This just goes to show, if you want to make money, you should be churning out some free-to-play trash. This is what's wrong with the games industry. Exactly. This is what's wrong with the world. It's so predictable. Actually, there's a lot of things wrong with the world. But, yeah, disgusting. I mean, the number one free-to-play game is Fortnite. So, which makes it better? I think they put a lot of effort into Fortnite. Okay, true, true, true. Fortnite is actually pretty smartly done. Like, they, they change it up every season. They add new things in to keep it fresh. And yet, they don't... They, you know, they haven't horribly fragmented the community or pissed loads of people off. Well, they actually probably have pissed people off. But whatever. It's, it's been done generally pretty well, I think. And Fortnite, yeah, is at the top of the free playlist. Apex isn't on there. It's not in the top 10. No. Sad times. But it's hard to be in the top 10. Yeah, it's hard to be in the top 10 <laughs> when there's all these shitty mobile games <laughs> making a billion dollars plus. Seriously, everything in that top 10 is making over a billion dollars. But they're not all shitty mobile games. No, just most of them. Yeah, I mean, there are games that we are familiar with. How do you want to do this? Should we go through the premium list? Quickly. Quickly. So, calling things out from the premium list, right? So, at the top of the premium list, as I said, FIFA 19, 786 million. At the bottom of the premium list... Sims 4. I was impressed. 311 million. I think Sims is a unique game. Sims has a lot of mass market appeal. Did Sims 4 even come out in 2019? No, I don't think so. The Sims 4 just has disgusting amounts of DLC as well, isn't it? Yeah, you, there's like w- Magic School, there's like Harry Potter DLC. Not, not literally Harry Potter DLC, but... No, because they'd have to pay licensing, but... There's like Barry Trotter. <laughs> yes. There's University DLC and they've just put in, they've just put out a small living, tiny living DLC. Oh, they're capitalising on the tiny homes craze. Yes. 
What do you get? You just like get a tiny plot of land to build your house. Yeah. This is so stupid. <laughs> wow. That's, that's amazing. But it's, it could be really good. Like, I've got 20 sims. I've got a small pot, plot of land. What will happen next? <laughs> there can only be one. It's the <laughs> Hunger Games. It could work. Oh, wait, is this not a real DLC? It is a real DLC. It's a real DLC, okay. <laughs> Otherwise, I thought it would be really funny. If you just if you just like, pulled that out of your ass, I'd be like, wow, that's really creative. Okay, and then other things in that premium list then. So, who cares about the numbers? We're giving you the top and the bottom. So, three of the annual sports franchises. You've got FIFA 19, you've got FIFA 20, you've got NBA 2K19. They print money every year. Blech. Sorry, that's not the... Yeah, middle tier. That's the that's the. It, it slightly disgusts me, but you know, I guess it's not a free to play mobile game, so it, it's still better than that at least. Maybe they should have made a free to play mobile game. They would have made more money. No wonder they pump these out every year. They're dependable. They bring in the big bucks. You got COD Modern Warfare. It's actually at number two, six hundred forty-five million, and still in the list. Blops four. That's at number five. Quick comment. I didn't realize Blops 4 is Black Ops I-I-I-I. Do they think people are too stupid to know that it's supposed to be IV for four? Maybe it's a better looking logo. It's more symmetrical. Just use the number four if you're going to do that. But it's more special. <laughs> like special ed. <laughs> I can be difficult too. But that didn't work though that time. And then rounding out the list. The Division 2, apparently Ubisoft were disappointed about how much money it made, but it's still in the top 10 best grossing premium titles. 370 million. Rainbow Six Siege, just behind it. And then Borderlands 3. Okay, I think it's more interesting what's not on that list, right? Because Sekiro is not on that list, but it was in the Steam Top Sellers. Does that mean more PC players played it than console players? Because it doesn't make it into this overall list. I don't know. Maybe we should have checked our sources. Where did this data come from? Super data. Super. <laughs> yeah, but where did they get it from? They just made it up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a post-facts world. It's a post-facts world. All right, anyway. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yeah, the... Free to play games. I feel like most of this must come from China or something, right? This is like, what are the games on this list that you've actually heard of? Fortnite. Fortnite. League of Legends, which is number four. Candy Crush. Candy Crush followed by Pokemon Go, numbers five and six. I can't believe Pokemon Go makes 1.4 billion. And I can't believe that Candy Crush is ahead of Pokemon Go. Candy Crush makes $1.5 billion. I can't believe that they bo- they're both this close to League of Legends. <sighs> it's crazy. That is actually crazy when you think about it. Anyway, all the other games on this list... I, I mean, I won't say I've never heard of them, but I like barely know of them. Last Shot of Survival, I mentioned it earlier. That's the thing that's always advertising on YouTube, I think. I feel like I've seen a lot of adverts for it. What if these games are really good? I really doubt it. I really strongly doubt it. You asked where PUBG was. PUBG Mobile. Yes. It's actually on here at number nine as Game for Peace, which I think is also telling. So, Game for Peace is what mobile PUBG turned into in China. So, I think a huge amount of this mobile game revenue is coming from China. Except for Fortnite. Except for Fortnite. So, basically, you've got Fortnite making the money from the entire world. And you've got making almost as much money a bunch of these mobile games from China. Which are making most of their money from China. I guess this is why everyone wants to get into China. Because it's potentially such a huge market, particularly for mobile. 
I know nothing about this. This is completely alien to me. Maybe this is what you do for the book club. Oh. <laughs> we probably, well, you know what? We actually probably should. I know that was kind of a joke, but maybe I... we should actually try it one time. Like, no, but like not, please, not next time. <laughs> but okay, fine. I don't maybe know. We can make a and what is our target <laughs> audience? Do we want to get into China? Like, we don't want to get into China. Well, actually, no. I would like to be able to get into China in future. Like, I would rather not be on some blacklist. But I don't think this podcast is going to be very popular in China. So why are we focusing on these Chinese games? Because it's funny. Fine. It's funny. You can see how the other half lives. If you want to make it funny, you won't be able to get into China, though. (laughs) (laughs) The things I do for my art. Involved in things. Dangerous things. So? So keep your distance. What was his name again? Cloud. Cloud Strife. This is a one-time gig. When it's done, we're done. Come on, nobody do something this crazy just for money. Stand there and pretend you can't hear the planet crying out in pain? I know you can! I'd worry less about the planet and more about the next five seconds. So finally, I wanted to talk about what's coming up in 2020. What are you excited for? Basically, in March, everything important comes out and then you may as well just like pack it up for the year because we're going to get nothing else done. Okay, maybe not quite in March. In March and April. In March and April. Sorry. How do you want to do this? Chronological. Chronological. Okay, fine. I love chronological. You know that. Let's start with dreams. 14th of February. Valentine's Day. Your dreams come true. Hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know. I still don't know what to make of dreams. So I could be surprised. It's effectively been out already. In a bunch of countries, right? In creators' early access or whatever they want to call it. Yes. But the coverage hasn't been spectacular. There's been like no coverage. I didn't even realize it was out. You ha- you told me it was out and then I had to look for it and I realized, whoa, it's out and people are making loads of stuff. But yeah, I've seen nothing about it. Maybe all the good stuff that's being made will get more publicity. Maybe. Maybe once it officially releases, yeah. I think my problem is that I get my gaming news now from you. Like, I don't read Kotaku or Eurogamer or anything. Like, you tell me stuff and then I look it up for this podcast show notes. So, but, but surprising, you tell me. But surprising, you managed to pull Game for Peace out your ass. So, you, you had to do one thing this year and you did it. Yay! <laughs> I, I achieved my goal for 2020 already. No, okay. It's not quite that I don't exactly. read anything, but I, I just absorbing it, absorbing it by osmosis and the PUBG subreddit. See, I'm all about the facts, and you're post-facts, so that's why we're good together. You, you're right. We're like a perfect team. Between us, you've got all the facts, <laughs> and I've got all the opinions. <laughs> you've moved on all the... beyond. You're beyond all the facts, right? I really am Donald Trump. This is, <laughs> this is a shocking revelation. Sad. Sorry. Also on the 14th of February, Sonic the Movie... <laughs> that's all I have to say it's on the list because you're looking forward to it we already talked about Sonic the movie weirdly I kind of am now but then I have to think back to that original trailer and realise all the scenes from that original trailer are still in the film and then I think maybe I don't want to see it after all alright and then on to the end of the world well let's hopefully it's not really the end of the world but the glut of games that will all take shocking amounts of time to play through i mean basically they're all just like they're all well we don't know if they're going to be but i hope they're all going to be like 10 out of 10 you should definitely play these games games what's what's the how how does it sound in your scoring system uh, that's why i was like <laughs> you should definitely play this game the the top score is just you should definitely play it doesn't have it doesn't have a noise it's only the middle <laughs> one that has a noise there, there was trash yeah 
And yeah, you should definitely play this game. So I, I think the next few are all, you, you should definitely play this game. Games. Sorry, let's actually say them. The Final Fantasy VII Remake, Part 1, 3rd of March. Looks amazing. I think it's going to be a very tasteful remake of Final Fantasy VII, at least the first part of Final Fantasy VII. It's going to capture the essence of the original, but make it more accessible and fun for present day. Half-Life Alex, which will be some incredible VR tour de force. Will it? I'm hoping. Okay. You know, it's like, this is like the first, inverted commas, AAA VR game. This is a full feature length, whatever that means. The fu- It's a full Half-Life game length VR Half-Life game designed from the ground up for VR. Which is kind of what that Boneworks game that I mentioned in the wrap-up is. But but that doesn't seem AAA to me. No, no. That's like a mad jank fest. But it is designed from the ground up for VR. This is designed from the ground up from VR and is going to be super crisp. Like This is not going to be a jank fest at all. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Good. Well, we'll see if it's true. Animal Crossing... I don't know if this is really going to be a game you definitely have to play. <laughs> Good. To be honest. The most important thing is you're not, re- you're not bringing the idea that as part of your... It's a game you've got to play. There's also a, like a finger point to you. You've got to play it. <laughs> you're right. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you can't see this. But we're actually recording in person again today for the first time in a long time. And yes, the, the top tier, this is a game you've got to play. I'm actually pointing at Ting every time I say it. And I'm just imagining the wink. The wink? <laughs> yeah. I'm not winking. Who winks? I don't know. It makes it more ridiculous. Let's see if such a thing were possible. <laughs> I did see a really funny comic where, you know, Tom Nook is there. And he's like, oh, Isabel, you're back from Smash Brothers. And then Isabel walks in the door and she's like this massive, like, muscly Hulk. With a cute little dog's head on top. And the comment was like, Tom Nook's not going to try and collect his debt from her. Okay. Nebulously in Q1, the System Shock remake by Night Dive Studios. I'm just saying this because I backed it on Kickstarter. Oh, you did back it. I did back it. Yeah, it's sufficiently long ago that it's before I stopped backing stuff on Kickstarter. So... We shall see if it's good or not. It's probably not, right? I don't. I think System Shock is another one of those games where I will enjoy watching someone else play it more than I'd enjoy actually playing it myself. It's just too stressful playing playing it. Is it old school System Shock? Like one and two are just like really stressful to play. I never finished System Shock two without cheating, but it was really fun playing it with cheating because the story was good. Oh, next up, Resident Evil 3, 3rd of April. I guess building on the success of the Resident Evil 2 remake. And this is one which sounds like the antithesis of anything you want to play, because literally Resident Evil 3 is about a massive mutant chasing you. Constantly. Yes, but they do these so well. I need to know what they're doing. We do both now own Resident Evil 2. And that's, yeah, that's what's happened. Because I bought it for you in the Steam sales. And I was like, it's such good value. And then I bought it for myself in the Steam sales. But neither of us has played it yet. Well, have you played it? No, I've not played it. But I will do because you bought it for me. All right, moving on. Games you should definitely play. (laughs) Sorry, I just did a wink. (laughs) But... (laughs) But <laughs> I can tell you now, so Mike is not a winker <laughs> because, because, <laughs> because of like, because <laughs> there's a nod as well. Like, <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> it was sorry. It was a theatrical <laughs> ludicrous wink because you asked for it. And it's everything I wanted. My heart's everything. Everything my heart desired. Thank you, Mike. Cyberpunk 2077. This game has been hyped to the moon. Everyone is expecting literally the greatest game ever made. Literally. And figuratively. But mostly literally. I think if I play this game, then I'll be off the hook for The Witcher 3. Did you pre-order Cyberpunk? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that mad. But I did put it to the top of my wish list in case I won it in last year's Steam sale giveaway. I'm not a believer. Why are you not a believer? I watched the gameplay. It just looked like they streamlined everything away. Like Invisible Wall. I I really don't think so. I really don't think that's what it looks like at all. So I, let's see. Yeah. I mean, if it's like Invisible War, I will be hugely disappointed because Invisible War was terrible. It won't be like Invisible War, but I'm just thinking somewhere along that path route. Oh, 29th of May. The Last of Us Part 2. This could be amazing. Unless it's delayed again. Could still be amazing. Was The Last of Us really that good? Yes. It's like, have you watched The Road? I haven't watched The Road. That was bleak and terrible. But Last of Us is bleak and terrible with some hope. I mean, I, I can't really say much without giving spoilers for The Last of Us. Um, It might not be good. Like, part two could be a misfire. It could miss the point. Ellie is too angry now. It's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to wait and see. We're we're like on opposite sides of this with Cyberpunk versus Last of Us, I guess. You're team Last of Us 2, I'm team Cyberpunk in terms of what we think is going to be the amazing game. Yes and no. I don't believe Cyberpunk is going to be terrible. I don't believe The Last of Us 2 is going to be terrible either. I just think... I, just I, more sceptical. Well, I, yeah, I think The Last of Us 2 is going to be like The Last of Us, gameplay-wise, with better graphics and a new deep and you know emotionally engaging story. Whereas I think Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be some incredibly immersive and incredibly... Some word I can't quite pull out of my brain right now new mechanics or things that we always wanted to do in games but we couldn't do and now we can do them like what bake cakes you can bake cakes in games that would be amazing imagine if you had perfect like you know flour simulation and if you mix it too much you develop gluten and then your cake will be tough (laughs) and if you add the cake it would give you constipation it's a perfect simulation of the real... <laughs> yeah. No. Um, whatever. Let's wait and see for both. Let's just wait and see. <laughs> okay, okay. The next one's interesting. Because in June, and later on in the fall or autumn, depending on whether you speak American, I got that the wrong way around, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass... So I was wrong. It seems there won't be an Ultra Sword and an Ultra Shield. There's going to be DLC. So we could have just bought Pokemon after all. And it turns out you did buy Pokemon after all. There I was sitting at home when the doorbell rings and a package arrives from Amazon addressed to me at my mum's house. I'm like, what's this? And it's Pokemon Sword. And then the next day, the doorbell rings again, and it's Pokemon Shield. And there's a note in it saying, oh, you can give me whichever one you don't want. So, yeah, we've got Pokemon Sword and Shield now, and we're playing them. So, I guess we can play the expansion pass and get the... They still haven't added all the Pokemon in, though. Right, This expansion pass is just going to add in 200-ish of the previous Pokemon, plus a load of new forms 
I saw there's like emo versions of the legendary birds and stuff. There's one with a gun. Oh yeah, there's Pokemon Gun. Finally. Yeah, I think the final evolution of Sobble has like a sniper rifle or something. Who knew? So, that'll be interesting. Will it be interesting? I don't know. In hindsight, it should have been obvious that they were going to do this. Because now that Pokemon is on a proper console, and now that, you know, they're doing DLC for first-party Nintendo games. Actually, is Pokemon a first-party game? I think so. It's close enough. You know, they they did Zelda DLC, so why not do Pokemon DLC? Makes perfect sense. Mmm, should have seen it coming. And then on to things with no particular date. This is one of yours. Watch Dogs Legion, out in the second half of the year. Another UK simulator. A post-Brexit UK simulator. <laughs> Sorry I said it. I'm quite curious to play it just to play a game set in London. Were you bothered about Assassin's Creed Syndicate? No. You want new London, not old, oldie London? Yes. Basically. Because like, oldie London, it might not be like modern London and they can just be like, oh, it's because it's ye oldie London. But this is kind of set in near future London. This should be like real London. London, in reality, already feels weirdly cyberpunk. Like, I was I was surprised, just walking around London, how many giant building-sized LED advertising boards and stuff there are. Because I've been used to that in Hong Kong for a long time, but that's Hong Kong. Like, seeing all of that in London now is like, oh, London's like this too. And then everyone's vaping. Like, you just can't walk down the street without getting, like, a cloud of strawberry smoke in your face. Well, strawberry steam, I guess. And you're like, oh, this smells quite nice. But then you realise it's just been in someone's lungs. And you're like, ew. Sorry. Sorry. Actually, another one for me. Axiom Verge 2. Again, second half of the year. Is this the boss simulator? I say simulator. The No, this is a Metroidvania. Okay. An old school, pixely Metroidvania. I think the original one was more based on Metroid than Super Metroid, stylistically. I never actually played it, but I watched a Let's Play and quite enjoyed it. So, again, maybe I'll just watch a Let's Play of this one too. Maybe I should just watch less YouTube, actually. Maybe I shouldn't. Just watch on Twitch, then, if it bothers you that much. (laughs) Moving on. Oh, 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 Microsoft Flight Simulator. Are you excited by this? Does it not look so pretty to you? Okay, it does look very pretty. But have you ever played Flight Simulator? No. That's what what I'm surprised. Like, does this interest you? Because you know it's literally a flight simulator. Yeah, but it seems so relaxing. But you've got to, like, trim the flaps and set the throttle and stuff. Yeah, don't have to do anything. I I seem to remember... I had okay, I had a friend who had Flight Simulator when I was like a school kid. And I remember we tried to play it and we couldn't figure out how to take off. Like I think we had to actually call his dad over to help us take the you know, to help us take off. And then once we were in the plane, we promptly crashed the plane. Like it's a flight simulator. I think it's quite fiddly. But this is gonna be coming out on the Xbox. Oh, really? Okay, so it's got easy mode. It's got a button that you can push to say, take off now. Or it will be within the confines of a controller. To be honest, real planes probably have a take off now button anyway. They're probably like self-driving cars. Yeah, just set the autopilot on. All right. It could be. Have you seen the graphics? It does look very pretty. Okay, fine. You know, that's enough. That's enough for you. For now. No. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to fly over my home. To, I don't know. Fly over the UK. I can see my house from here. Yeah. In the same way you're going to play Watchdog Legion to see where you live. I guess so. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up to my house and like egg it or something. Be like, right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to just crash into it instead. <laughs> and I'll be done. 
This is this is vaguely disturbing. Next, a couple of speculative entries. Just a couple of just like wishful thinking entries. Not too wishful though. I mean, they're they're within the realms of possibility. So I put down Breath of the Wild two. I mean, we don't know when it's coming, so I guess it could come out this year. Yeah, I mean, winter is. I say winter, autumn is clear for them. And they need it if they're up against PS5 and Xbox Series X. Oh, yeah. I guess that's why the latter half of the year doesn't have that many games concretely penciled in. Hmm. You're right. This is a big year. Okay. And then my last one. Deltarune, like the rest of Deltarune, because we've had chapter one. So the rest of Deltarune could be this year, could be 2030. <laughs> I don't remember what Toby Fox's comment was when he put out Deltarune. He just said it'll be done when it's done. Yeah. It was non committal. He was very non committal. He was just like, Undertale's printing money, should probably make a sequel. No, he didn't really say that at all. <laughs> yeah, he, he just he just wanted to tell another story and he'll finish it at some point. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's We're it. We're done. Yay. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So Michael, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful... <laughs> for so many things you're trying to put yes i'm grateful for many things i'm grateful the world didn't end in the first week of 2020 you know we made it through i am grateful that we were very briefly i don't even say the very brief, I, I don't even know why i'm giving this too much detail we were the number one video games podcast in hong kong can you believe it we were number one for like two days but who'd have thought it computer error computer error no sorry see who's ungrateful now yeah you're ting bringing us down always bring us down yeah subscribe to the podcast subscribe on itunes subscribe on itunes even if you're already subscribed to something like overcast just push us up the rankings go on you know you want to you probably don't really want to so michael says bye 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 <laughs>